0: Across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program.
1: Hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain, welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio program, your source for common sense conservatism, even as we inch ever closer to this beautiful season of Christ, Christmas, let's put Christ back in Christmas. Let's remember what this is all about, count our blessings. lot to be grateful for. I am reminded of that, particularly today. We have a great show for you. If you've not uh, ever heard of us before, and you're like, what is this? Well, it's very basic. Uh, we tell the truth. We give you the facts, we give you the sources, you get to double check us and then you get to decide what you think. That's how we believe it should be in the land of the free. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. I'm going to share something with you guys. And I will be honest, I do not know how it is going to come out. I was getting ready to hop in the shower this morning. This is an hour and a half before dawn. And out of nowhere, my oldest son is standing in the hallway, scares the liver out of me. And he's looking at me. What is it, Michael? Mom, I want you to know, that I graduated yesterday. I said, Michael, he said, yes, it was a 9 a.m. ceremony at Clemson University and they read my name and I graduated. My first child to graduate from college and he had to take his own path and he had to take a path that not a lot of other people were taking. And he had to stand by his decisions to do what he did. But during COVID, he phoned me and he said, Mom, this is not worth the expense. I'm not getting an education. I'm not getting a college experience. Nothing's open. Classes are canceled. We're doing everything online. I don't think this is worth it. I want to come home. And I said, come. So he took a year, did this and that. And he went back to school to finish his fifth year, which was his fourth. Many of his friends had graduated. And I don't think this child ever wanted to go, but he didn't want to disappoint his father and me. And so he did it. He floundered for a while, thought he was going to do business. Everybody was doing business, took a first semester of business and hated business. And he had to pivot and he had to make up for those losses and jump into something else. And I had said to him, Michael, I think you should get into psychology. Everybody and his brother and our family said, why does he want to be a psychologist? And I said, no. I think learning about the brain, learning about human nature, about the personality Learning about the the science of psychology and communication would benefit everybody. And he soared in psychology. It was his decision not to walk in graduation. His friends had already graduated. They were gone. He was not ashamed of his decision. He did what he thought was right, and he stands by it. And I'm proud of him, so proud of him. My son graduated from college yesterday and I wasn't there and that was okay. Sometimes the love that I feel and it's not just for my family is scary because I can taste it. I meet people, I hear their stories and I carry them with me. And their fingerprints are on my heart. And it leaves me speechless. Why I'm so proud of my son is that he finished a journey that he started. And along the way, there were detours and some uncomfortable roadblocks. And nobody could get him on that path through it, but him. And he made some excuses, and he made some bad decisions, and he learned from them, and he moved forward. This love that I describe, I have it for people, for sure. But I have it for this country. It's the reason I can tear up in a heartbeat. When I hear any of the patriotic music. When I stand for the pledge when I imagine how far we've come, this great constitutional republic, this baby on the planet of democracy and goodness and opportunity. And I see what they want to make it. And when I love, I refuse to lose. We see what they're doing. America has many problems. One of the biggest is one that we don't speak of enough. It's the lack of morality, of decency, of manners, of class, of respect. There's more news coming out about disgusting occurrences in Congress, people trampling the sanctity and the honor that is built into the walls of the United States Congress, and sullying it with their own depravity, their own self-loathing. And they want to take you down with it. There is nothing more comfortable for someone who hates themselves than to encourage someone else to join them. But that's not the story here. That's not what this place is. That is not our legacy. It certainly hasn't been our past. And it most assuredly will never be our future. You do, every day, something so special at your house with your family. You are the antidote. You are the moral compass. You are north. And your children see that. And your grandchildren feel that. And you pass that on through the love that you feel which is choking me today that is the secret that's the special sauce that's the undeniable truth that can't be rewritten it can't be legislated away it can't be removed with a crane it can't be amended or struck down because it is yours. It is ours. And I have said this to you, my pledge, my greatest, greatest role on Earth is to present to this country five of the finest young men that my work and my sacrifice with my husband and my love can provide. And if you're doing the same thing with your sons and with your daughters, they cannot stop us. They will not stop us. And that is the story today. We're gonna walk through a lot of madness. It's embarrassing stuff. It's uncomfortable stuff. And it's the stuff we need to talk about so that America's compass starts leading us in the right direction. There is but one way. It is the only way. And it is the way that scares them the most congratulations Michael I love you when we come back I want to open up the door to this idea this depravity and sleaze and yuck but with something that's the opposite when one person steps forward one person stands up it makes a difference and it's making a difference. Right now in Chicago, next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. I want to play for you an audio soundbite. It is a little bit difficult to understand, so let me give you the backstory of this. There's a gentleman who is addressing the city council meeting in Chicago. And this is the the typical, you you sign a book and it says, I'd like my three minutes to address the council, uh, to express myself, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and so this is the guy who's doing it. And he's known apparently to the folks there. And they call him Mr. Blake Moore. So this is a black man. He looks to be maybe in his 80s. Um, he is very well versed in the ways of, of uh, the reality of living in Chicago right now as the government is choosing winners and losers and the winners are the migrants and the losers are everybody else. But he is specifically talking about the effect on the black community that these migrants are having. And he's saying and he will say, which I think is significant, something a call to Donald Trump. This is where we are. And this is one one person, one man, one vote, one voice, one three minute moment, okay? This is a snippet of what he said, and then his backstory. Here we go.
0: I am anti-immigrant. Illegal. Call ICE. Send them all back. Waiting across the Rio Grande and and, don't obey our immigration and naturalization laws. And to see another group come over here, it's disgraceful. It is un-American. And these rules that you have the rules, who made these rules? When did the ultimate vote for these rules? When did the people have time to to participate in making these rules? And one of y'all came over to me, Mr. Blakemore, we got little children. What about the black children in the ghetto? We gotta make a future for them. These others will move them out. Move us out and they come in to, to compete with jobs. Goods and contracted service. But historian Carl Addison say that they have a negative effect on the black community. I'm strictly advocating for black people and call ice on them. Trump, come in here, clean this mess up. The most corrupt city in the United States is the city of Chicago. And that's not my. Thank you, Mr. Blakemore, for your comments. Thank you,
1: Mr. Blakemore, for your comments. Do you know what it takes, you city council hack, for a man to get up and say that? Well, it's not just any man. This man we searched. Who is this guy? He wants to know who made these rules. I didn't vote for these rules. I didn't say I wanted to be a sanctuary city. I never said come in here. And now my people are being displaced with people who ought not be here. This is un-American. It is disgraceful. And he's 100% correct. Why do people know who this guy is? Because he's gone to virtually every single city council meeting in the city of Chicago for 30 years. 30 years. They call him the honorary 51st alderman. And his name is George Blakemore. Now, if we were to do a dive on Mr. Blakemore, I would roll the dice and tell you he's not a millionaire. I would further submit that he's not the owner of a multi-million dollar company or some big wig in business and financial circles in Chicago. But he is one man and that one man listens to everything that happens that those 50 men and women decide that have flushed one of america's most magnificent cities down the toilet now does does mr blakemore move the needle I don't know. You'd have to ask Chicagoans. But every single meeting, he is there. He is fighting. He's telling the truth. He is advocating. He's showing how you can be in charge of your own information, how you can step forward and be heard. Because your voice is not insignificant. Your opinion matters. They just want you to think it doesn't. This is the rub we are in right now. These people despise President Trump, who Mr. Blakemore called to. Mr. Trump, come in here and clean this mess up. The reason why the machine loathes Donald Trump is because he represents being a survivor. He represents taking every single damn thing they try to throw at him because of that love that he has for America. It is that love that brings me to my knees when I consider my children. And that is being awakened in cities big and small, black and white, far and wide, north and south. There is a chorus. It is rippling. It is becoming now a symphony. Black voices, Hispanic influencers Former Democrats who've had the come to Jesus moment and now, with eyes open, see what is at stake. And what we are fighting against is the moral decline of these United States. Another example, another sex scandal in the halls of Congress. This one on the House side. And we have to talk about it. And I'm sorry. But we will, because it's necessary. Next, on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. You know, it's a difficult thing in the world today to raise responsible children with role models, the likes of which we have presently. Now, I'm not saying that these Senate and House staffers who are having anal sex, sorry in offices, in judicial hearing rooms, in other places. I'm not going to pretend to play the part of the, pr- of the prude here and think that this is the first or second time. I mean, it's called the swamp for a reason. I have suggested it be something like the sewer because it is truly where excrement seems to exist and propagate. But uh, honest to God, how are you supposed to raise boys or daughters... To, to raise them to have terrific self-respect, to not be limited by the expectations of others, and to see beyond the dwindling morality of this miraculous place. They are bombarded by messages on social media of, of raunchy debauchery, of extreme attention getting, of phony baloney faux lives, of exaggerated accomplishments, Have you ever noticed that nobody ever really puts up a picture of themselves when they look terrible? It's sort of like nobody sends a Christmas picture of their family where everybody looks awful. There's great stress that goes into your family group photo. Everybody hates it, right? Because there's that stress. Well, I got to make it look like we all like each other and that everybody's doing well. We don't want everybody to know that Johnny's an alcoholic and -and so-and-so has been cheating on his girlfriend, right? Everybody get together. You're wearing khakis and a blue top. Let's go. We're meeting at dawn. (laughs) We're going to see the sunrise and we're going to take that picture, damn it, right? That's the illusion. The reality is none of that exists. It's bogus so when you have stories like this, U.S. House, quietly investigated, separate sex tape scandal. You know, the whole sex and tape together, it baffles me. I don't get it. I I really don't. All right. And it's hard if you're not one of those people who engages in certain things to imagine that people do. But alas, here we are. So there's a website called Semaphore. And they, they break this story that all the other outlets that have been paying attention pick up. So I went straight to the source and this is what they say. Here's your scoop. The high profile Senate sex scandal <coughs> that rocked Washington DC this month was in fact the second time in less than two years that sexually explicit videos filmed in the US Capitol prompted an investigation. And they want to tell us that January 6th was an insurrection. This kind of disgusting, outrageous, irresponsible, selfish behavior for grandstanding is far worse. It is the moral decline. It is the whittling down of our standards like the standards in school. If you have kids who can't pass the test, just take away the test because that works. A spokesperson for Representative Dan Newhouse, Republican from Washington, confirmed that reports of, quote, purported unbecoming behavior by a senior staffer in their office triggered an investigation last year. They added that, quote, no conclusive evidence was found. Where have we heard that before? Where is that? No conclusive evidence. We have no idea where that, that, that baggie of coca came from. I mean, we have, we have the state-of-the-art cameras, law enforcement, investigative resources. Hell, we've got NCIS, right? We've got all of this crap. It's a baggie of cocaine. Well, wow, it's, it's a true mystery. We don't know. How did Jeffrey Epstein kill himself, apparently? <laughs> you know, it's just, I'm sorry, right? What happened at Martha's Vineyard with Barack Obama's personal chef? You know, I it's it's just it's this total weird. I can't who locked who who leaked the freaking Dobbs decision? Well, I you know we interviewed everybody and it's just we there's nothing conclusive there. Um, I have no idea. Right, the staffer who sem- Semaphore is not naming. Why not? You go to pre you go to people's houses who who sidewalk counsel outside of abortion clinics and you roll hot and heavy To their houses in pre-dawn raids to scare their children and send a message to their neighbors and everybody else who will watch because it'll be blasted on the news. And you mean to tell us that you're going to protect the identity of somebody in the freaking House of Representatives who took video of himself having sex in his office? Who is it? Which congressman? How crazy does Madison Cawthorn sound now? There was a reason they ran him out of D.C. What did he say? It's all about orgies. Everybody's just banging everybody else. It's about drugs and orgies and bribes. And the bribe thing is getting even deeper now. Our friend Tim Burchett is going to drop another whopper on us. Not whopper, but a doozy. A factual doozy on us. We're not going to tell you who the staffer is. We're not going to tell you who, uh, who was on the plane. We're not going to tell you who went to that Caribbean island. You don't need to know why Jeffrey Epstein had an office at Harvard for years after he was a known pedophile. <laughs> These are the great mysteries of the unknown. The staffer, whom Semaphore is not naming, denied he participated in explicit videos and disputed elements of the office's characterization of the episode in a telephone interview and in a series of text messages. He said he was informed of the investigation in June of last year, told by the congressman in July that it had ended with "quote no evidence to the allegation." Well, I'm going to go with the video of you guys having sex. In the office. I'm just going to go with that. Seems like vid- That seems like evidence. Is it amazing? All. Of this stuff that they're th- trying to throw at donald trump all of these charges 91 charges in four different indictments it's smoke and mirrors and concoctions it's twisting of words and going back to civil civil war era statutes and and clauses to to our constitution right it is the manipulation of definitions well it depends on what your definition of of a woman is or vaccine or inflation is. It's the manipulation of what's going on to create the narrative that they wish while simultaneously creating bogus stuff to send away people who never did anything wrong. This is where we are. It's so disgusting. Now, I want you to hear this, Jesse Waters with Tim Burchett, Congressman Tim Burchett. So we told you that, I think it was yesterday or the day prior, we ran a little audio sound by Chris Salcedo from Newsmax, had the congressman on his show. And they're talking about all of this stuff going on with people voting certain ways that are not consistent with, say, conservative values. Why does sometimes... Our representatives, our Republican representatives, vote in totally haywire ways. Why would you vote for infrastructure? Why would you give Joe Biden a win on something that was loaded with pork that most assuredly led to inflation and created the debt that we have that now we're settling my grandchildren with and your two, yours, yours too, right? And Tim Birch is saying, look, There's this really disgusting underbelly going on here. It's all about bribes. It's all about stuff going on. Who owes who? And if you vote this way, we're going to come for you and we're going to expose you. Oh, no, I would better not vote that way, which leaves you and me scratching our head as we're looking at these people's Liberty scores. Wait a minute. It says you're Republican. Why would you have voted for that? Well, Tim Burchett drops this little nugget on Jesse Waters last night. Countries running, we should assume the politicians are being sexually blackmailed. How can you explain the open border, or the record spending, and all the BS that comes out of that town? Well, Congressman Tim Burchett of Tennessee says sexual blackmail in the House, just a part of the deal.
2: It's that works. You're visiting, you're out of the country or out of town, or you're in a motel or bar in D.C., and some whatever you're you're into women or men or whatever comes up and they're very attractive and they're laughing at your jokes and and they and you're buying them a drink next thing you know you're in the motel room with them naked and next thing you know you know you're about to make a key vote and what happens some well-dressed person comes up and whispers in your ear hey man there's tapes out on you were you in a motel room on whatever with whoever and then you're like "Uh uh-oh and said you really ought not be voting for this thing Wow, I only thought there was like one well. Turns out there's dozens.
1: <laughs> right? So it's, it's not like you're surprised by this. I'm not dropping anything on you, and you're like, oh my goodness! What? But they're saying it. They're saying it. So this is the second gay sex scandal, the Senate hearing sex, in which the... The report on it, I, I want you to just wrap your mind around this, okay? The report on it talked about the staffer on all fours, et cetera. Et cetera. They videotaped it. Guy looks around, looks right into the camera. And then the reports of this act, indi- they said, it indicates that it appeared to be unsafe, unprotected sex. Really? That's your takeaway? It's the Senate. <laughs> what? What? Are you out of your mind? Of course. This is the rot, this is the decay, this is the watering down of morality, this is the carving into the nuclear family the traditional roles of men and women, which are to be celebrated, not mocked or rewritten or litigated in some fashion. But it's okay for dad to be the strong guy For him to provide, it's okay for mom to be the soft love, the food maker, the cleaner, the fixer, the solver. Does that make me sexist to say that? No, because when life was like that, things seemed to work a lot better. Now, everybody's having sex and they're putting it online. How about you, right? Maybe that'll be one of your New Year's resolutions. (laughs) Sorry. All right. Coming up on the Wendy Bell Radio program, I want to talk about this America's new racism. It's against whites. Yes. And it's black people calling it out for what it is. Yes, go ahead and blame the white liberal in your neighborhood. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. You know, we love James O'Keefe. I love that I love that he is OMG. That's the O'Keefe Media Group now that he was sacked from Project Veritas for having the audacity to tell the truth. He went undercover at CNN, got them uh, speaking very openly in their planning meetings about their plan to destroy Donald Trump. He got uh, secret recordings from a VP at Pfizer talking about how uh, the never-ending search for a new virus and the vaccine to be its money-making antidote how prevalent that is at Pfizer he ticked a lot of people off and so what the board of the company that he created fires him so he says okay I'm going to do something on my own like Tucker like I did like so much Glenn Beck did right so he starts his thing O'Keefe Media Group well last night he dropped a new video and it takes us inside the big pharma company Sanofi I think that's how you pronounce it. And the woman you're gonna hear, her name is Carol Hutchins, Huntsman. Rather, She's gonna be a VP muckety-muck of this big pharma company, right? And this is a Zoom call. This is leaked video from a company's Zoom call in which she is laying out the most extraordinarily discriminatory and racist hiring practices At this pharma company, listen to the goal to quite literally replace white people and to discriminate against them. Go.
2: How do you, Carol, hold your leadership team accountable to diversity goals? For instance, for black employees, one in five hires... Uh, needs to be uh, a black employee to for us to meet meet our goals. One in ten has to be a Latinx employee for us to meet our goals. You know we have a quarterly we have quarterly goals and we track them uh, with data. And uh, so far we've met our goals every quarter since we've uh, since we've rolled out the aspiration. Their whole goal is to advance racial equity through public policy. So talk about taking on. Uh, racism, we believe that it's not just at the company level, but it's got to be changed systemically. And this is an uh, opportunity to do so through this very concentrated business um, uh, focus.
1: Hello, everyone. James O'Keefe here, OMG. Tonight, we have a special report from another whistleblower, this time inside one of the world's largest pharmaceutical companies, Sanofi. A whistleblower has obtained a recording of the former Vice President Carol Huntsman blatantly admitting to using racial quotas in the hiring
0: process.
2: And we, we make it very clear so that every hiring manager knows uh, that, for instance, for black employees, one in five hires uh, needs to be uh, a black employee to for us to meet, meet our goals. Wow. One in 10 has to be a Latinx employee for us to meet our goals. Um, and uh, we have to look at that. We also uh, you know, know that uh, for leadership positions, uh, those positions don't come open every day. So when they do come open, you, you, have, to, you have to make a statement there. And um, you know, we have to look at the, the data and hold people accountable. So um, you know, we, we look at the data and we have the discussions. We
1: look at the data. We don't look at who is the most talented. We don't look at how can we make medicines that make people better? How do we make pharmacological stuff that doesn't hurt people? It's never about that. It's about this mumbo jumbo, about box checking. If we were serious in this country about diversity, diversity, or equity, the first thing that the Democrat Party would do is embrace school choice. It would blow up the concept of American public education. And it would go to other countries, like China, where children in the fourth grade know how to dissemble and reassemble a handgun. Where they know how to acknowledge and identify the elements on the periodic table and are getting introduced into actual math and science where stem is a priority now i'm not saying we should be china not even close but instead of addressing why there is a dearth of certain kinds of people who are successful in chosen fields rather than identifying The source, the root cause, as Kamala Harris would tell us, of the issue, which would be a failure in our education, which goes hand in hand with failure of the American family. Telling women it's okay, get an abortion. Don't be responsible for your decisions. Dad, you don't want to be a part of this? You know, go bang at whoever you want. Have as many kids as you want. She'll work. Single moms always do well. This is the decaying of the moral compass of our country. And it is on full display with a bunch of hacks at a pharma company It's telling you right now they don't care if you are a scientist or if you're the best researcher in the world or you've been doing something in your lab. And my goodness, it is extraordinary. They don't want innovation. They don't want any of this. They don't want excellence. Because that's not what it's about. This is racism. It is discrimination against white people. And it's going to come to a head. It's going to have to be reimagined. And I believe it's starting. It is starting, I see, actually with our colleges. I'm going to share an idea with you after we get back from the break. Why I say that, I think there is a shift happening in higher education, realizing we've been wrong. We've been wrong. All right. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program, 19 attorneys general go to the Supreme Court and they say, we need your help to do something big. Will it happen? What is it? I got it for you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.